Hello, Podicumans. Brett Maddox here. Today, we are diving right back into the Faith Once Delivered document that was produced out of the John Wesley Institute. You can check out our show notes for links to the John Wesley Institute and to this document, which is available for free download. Remember that you can connect with us on social media at Podikesis is where you can find us. You can email us at questions at podikesis.com, or you can connect with us through voicemail 404-635-6679. Now, let's start this episode of the Podikesis podcast and continue our discussion on the attributes of God. Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends and defending world champions of podcasting, Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen. How are you guys doing? I am. Um, I'm doing fantastic, despite operating on four hours of sleep, but that is why the Lord created caffeinated diet coke so that i could yeah. get my perk up without uh gaining any calories so thank you very much just wait till lent buddy yeah there it is <laughs> <laughs> oh y'all i'm having a great time it's good to be with uh with brett and alan glad to be with the potokesis community um also I am just trying to seek the spirit of god in prayer for um is it okay to pray for the atlanta braves Yes, because as of today, as of today, they've got a little bit to go on the uh, NLDS. Yes, yeah, ALDS. but it looked good last night. They, it I mean, let's yeah. go. It looked good. So we just dated this podcast. It is we sure no did. longer timeless. <laughs> uh, by the time it comes out, uh, you may be, I may be lamenting. I thought I was timeless. <laughs> you, Alan is timeless. Wait, Alan. you know who is timeless? Uh, Jesus, God, <laughs> God, Holy Spirit, oh, oh, the which, Trinity, which you're like fits, those in, youth, which fits you're like in those, to what we're talking about today. You're it like does. those youth pastors. Like, and Stranger Things, they went to the upside down. Do you know who really turns things upside down? Open your Bible to the Gospel of Mark. <laughs> but not upside down. <laughs> but not upside down, yeah. <laughs> By the way, the timelessness of this uh, this episode in the Braves, uh, to that Sunday school class at Pine Forest Church, who is uh, like on episode 14 right now, uh, when you get to this piece in about three and a half years, uh, then we'll see where the, the Braves are. The Braves will have won four, four <laughs> World Series. <laughs> That's a feature. <laughs> and the gift of prophecy award goes to Alan Kaysen. <laughs> yes. So uh, we are so glad to be with y'all. Um, what we've been doing lately has been going through the Faith Once Delivered document that's been put out by the John Wesley Institute, um, and uh, we've been kind of going through it uh, point by point and, and talking about each of the areas um, in that document. And you can check out that document. Uh, we'll link it in our show notes. Show notes. There it is. Okay. Oh, wow. I forgot. <laughs> I had to make sure Alan was still awake. Yeah. Well, uh, I am. And then um, we'll link it, but you can also, if it's a free download, you just go to nextmethodism.org and you can find it there. But before we do, we have a voicemail, y'all. Hey, now, a voicemail. A voicemail. A voicemail. Uh, so this is actually a voicemail from back in July. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've had this in our archives for a while now, wanting to play it, and I just, you know, keep forgetting or whatever. Voicemail, but voicemail, uh, I thought voicemail. I would uh, play this. You just got a letter. You just got a letter. You just got a letter. I wonder what, what it what says. Is. 
This episode of the Podakesis podcast brought to you by Blues Clues. <laughs> so. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, by the way, Blues Clues was awesome. Like, you know, when I had kids and I would watch Blues Clues. And, but that's I, a I, word for it. Well, okay, we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, let's play the let's play the voicemail. Play the voicemail. Yeah, we'll play, play the, the voicemail. voicemail. <laughs> All right, I hope this will work. It was working in tests. So let's see if we can get it to go through. Hi, y'all. Uh, I just wanted to call and tell you how much I appreciate the three of your commitment to bringing truth to Christ followers and uh, the work that you guys have done through the uh, working through the catechism has been wonderful. And uh, you, you you also prove that Christians don't have to be so stodgy, and you have a little bit of humor, and uh, yes. and you frankly speak in a dialect that I can understand. Uh, I appreciate you, and thank you so much, and keep up the good work. Um, we need people like you guys at this time more than ever. Godspeed. This is Lee Kibler, Alberta, Alabama. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, well, Lee, just, for for that awesome voicemail. Thank you. Hey, yeah, Lee, I, I just want you to say, I just want to say that you also speak in a dialect that I can understand. <laughs> so, uh, uh, thank Lee, you for Lee. listening, man. That's yeah, awesome. we're thankful for you, man. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, just really, really, really grateful. And so, Lee, for you and and all those that are in your sphere of influence, uh, uh, may God just continue to work in you. Um, and thanks for letting us be a part of your of your life and your and your holiness and your ministry, personal. Amen personal ministry or whatever you do. I just know that God's doing something for you. So thanks, man. That's awesome. That's We love getting voicemail. And uh, you, too, can show up on the Podakesis podcast through a voicemail. 404-635-6679 is our number. We cannot wait to sing more Blues Clues. <laughs> Please, let's not make that a thing when we get a voicemail. <laughs> you just That's got my a fault. voicemail. Like, this is what I you do. You just uh, got a voicemail. Why did I do this? <laughs> that will always forever be a thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the Apostle Paul. The thing I want to do, I do not do. And the thing I do, I do not want. <laughs> Why do I have to be so biblical all the time? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so uh, we are talking, continuing our conversation about uh, the attributes of God from the Faith Once Delivered document. And uh, we are going to be looking at... Uh, uh, God's um, omnipotence, his omnipresence, and his omniscience today. And so we're going to start with um, paragraph 20 of The Faith Once Delivered. All right, we're uh, omnipresence. The omnipresence, um, everywhere present of God, is closely related to his internality. Just as God exists infinitely, so he exists throughout infinite space. Uh, quote, God is in this and every place, end quote. That's from Wesley. Since God is everywhere at once, he also acts everywhere at once. But while God is everywhere and everywhere working, he does not work coercively. Wesley says, quote, God acts in heaven and in earth um, and under the earth throughout the whole compass of his creation, strongly and sweetly influencing all, and yet without destroying the liberty of his rational creatures, end quote. Mm. I love that word, sweetly influencing. Yeah. Strongly um, and sweetly. Well, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the um, 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 provenient grace yeah. and the, the yeah. idea of God's wooing grace, that God woos us. Um, <clears throat> he's not going to coerce us. He's not going to um, um, 
overtake our will, but he is wooing us and he's sweetly influencing all. Um, and that's part of God's omnipresence everywhere yeah. present. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in a few seconds, we'll get over into omnipotence, which is about the power. And so some people, when they think about God influencing and not coercing, get really concerned that that means God doesn't have power. Um, right. And that's not really the case, all y'all. Right. Um, so what a great, what a great thing. Yeah. The everywhere presence of God. So I was, um, and this episode is going to be, just let y'all know from my point, it's going to be heavily influenced by the, uh, by Thomas Oden, the, the oh, theologian Thomas Oden. Really? Thomas How is that Oden? different than any other episode? <laughs> do you, do you have like, um, his signature tattooed on your, your left peck yet? <laughs> Could you show the viewing audience? Actually, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the name Odinson, but it's going to be O D E N instead of O D I N. Oh, you know? gosh. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, <laughs> but no, he so in his classic Christianity, um, and I've got the three volume set of that. There is a singular volume set of it, but uh, and the um, in his Ooh. first in his first volume, he talks about this about the omnipresence of God the implications of the everywhere presentness of God. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, he says that, first of all, that God is, um, so the presence of God was thought by classical exegetes to encompass the widest possible range of creaturely activity. So uh, God is naturally present in every aspect of the natural order, every level of causality, every fleeting moment and momentous event of natural history. God is actively present in a different way in every event of history as a provident guide of human affairs. God is a special way. Uh, God is in a special way attentively present to those who call upon his name, intercede for others, who adore God, who petition, who pray earnestly for, the forgive, for forgiveness. God is judicially present in moral awareness through, through conscience. God is bodily present in the incarnation of his son, Jesus Christ. God is mystically present in the Eucharist through the means of grace in the church, the body of Christ. And God is sacredly present uh, God is sacredly present and becomes known in special places where God chooses to meet us, uh, places that become set apart by the faithful, remembering community, where it may be said, truly the Lord is in this place. In all these ways, God is present in the world in both general and special ways that make his divine intimacy far more than a abstract speculation. Mm. So what you're uh, saying is God's everywhere. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> I mean, what, what, hey, uh, what hey, Odin is saying is that God is everywhere. Hold on, hold on. Is, is, is God over there? Yes. What yes. about right here? Yes. Uh -huh. yes. What about up there? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. That's what we're saying. So what really stuck out to me, though, was how he was pulling out these different, you know, kind of, I don't know how you would put them, but uh, talk about them, but like naturally present, actively present and whatnot. But that place where it said sacredly present, um, have you ever walked into a, a, a church or a, a building or a place, maybe even just space like a, a, that would be considered, quote unquote, sacred space? And had that kind of feeling that it was a different type of space, and that's sure. such a weird question to put to put it. Um, no, it's a good question. Um, um, yeah, there's there's uh, there are times like it could be it could be lots of different <clears throat> places, but you just say, "Ooh, this is God is present here." Yeah, you, you the uh, there's a I don't know where the term comes from. The term thin space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You may have heard that term. It's it's where people describe, "Hey, for some reason, this place feels like the." 
uh, the space between heaven and earth is so thin that you yeah. can yeah. feel them both at the yeah. same time. Well, <clears throat> I've got kind of a, a, a um, testimony to this in an unexpected place for me. Walmart. Um, yes, it was. It was actually Walmart. in the toy. It was a toy section of Walmart. <laughs> uh, no. Checkout line at Walmart. Holy, so, holy. <laughs> in uh, 2018, I had an opportunity to go to the Holy Land. And I remember in preparing to go to the Holy Land, I was already just kind of thinking about the places where I was expecting to meet God, you know, like the presence of God to be overwhelmed by him. And in my head, I was thinking of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre where the crucifixion and the resurrection took place or the um, – um, or the, the the church in the nativity where the birth of Christ took place. Those type of places I'd been thinking, okay, that's where I'm going to have my divine encounter in space. Um, unexpectedly, we were uh, we had gone to the church of the Annunciation um, mm-hmm. in Nazareth. That's the place where there's a, actually a couple of these in Nazareth. Um, there's a, like a Greek Orthodox place and a Catholic place. And I think we were at the Catholic one. And it was built over a, uh, a, a kind of some, some, like a well, like a, um, a cistern. Mm-hmm. And um, tradition holds that that is where Mary was when she was visited by Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, that who heralded you are with child and his name will be Jesus. So um <clears throat> so we we went in there and you know if you've ever been to the holy land you're a lot of times you're in line like you're at Disney World but you're in these sacred spaces to go to the altars or whatever. And so I'm just kind of looking around this church. It's a beautiful church but it's like any other type of beautiful church you've ever kind of been in. There's icons around and there's statues and there's little sayings here and there. And then down kind of at the bottom um, level, there is the kind of entrance to the cistern area. And so um, we're all kind of waiting to get to that place. And I was just kind of standing in line looking around like some kid with ADD just trying to focus and I couldn't really focus on what was going on. And then the thought just occurred to me in that moment that um, in this place, tradition tells us, in this place, the space was so thin. I, I like that wording, that, that, that the space was so thin between heaven and earth that heaven literally through the angels met, like came, like right in this spot, came and there was a divine encounter. There was an encounter that took place 2,000 years ago mm. between this teenage woman and this this angelic being heralding <clears throat> proclaiming that the messiah has come and just that thought that at this place in space where i was standing that the the veil had been torn a little bit between heaven and earth i i, I just wept while standing in line just thinking that i'm standing in a place where there was this meeting that took place mm, wow. and I, it just it hit me so unexpected uh that um i still think about it to this day. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. I think, but I think we also have those, um, I think it, we have those sacred places where we feel like God is present when we've had a particular experience. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, yeah. maybe it's a camp or it's a campground or it's a retreat center or it could, you let's hope it's a church, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but you know, like I, I was the, I served at the, um, district camp in Adrian, um, and that, this Nazarene campground in the middle of little, literally nowhere, 
but yeah, you walk in that tabernacle and you're like, okay, all right, God, what you going to do? Right. Uh, you are here. And, um, and so, and it never fails, but, um, but here's the other thing, like, you know, for those who are listening, it's like you're in the car or you're, um, you're at home or, you know, wherever you are, God's there too. God's right there with you. God's in your trouble. God's in your joys. God's in your whatever. God is everywhere. Right. Um, so it didn't have, it, it's awesome that God is in these sacred places, but then God is also everywhere, wherever we go, God is there. So, um, right. Yeah. One of the uh, values of this, just the theology of omnipresence, it's so real. Why, one of the reasons that it becomes so powerful and important to my daily life is um, I cannot be everywhere. And there are mm. places that I wish I could be. And it's the same with omnipotence. And there are things I can't do, places mm-hmm. I can't be and things that I can't do. Like when I'm praying for people who are sick or struggling, we're praying for the uh, folks over in Fort Myers, Florida, um, mm-hmm. and just the disasters that they're going through. Like my heart is there. Well, God can be where we can't. God is where we cannot be, and God can do what we cannot do. Right. And so right. praise God for that. And so I lean on this idea of omnipresence is more than a theological idea. Like right now, my children are doing their school day. Mm-hmm. And I cannot be with them because, you know, they're there and I'm here. God is there. Right. Praise God. Amen. Um, and so, I mean, those are, there's some, like, this is not just pie in the sky stuff. Now, there's mm-hmm. theology behind it. Like, for example, um, time and space were created by God, so therefore God is not bound by time and space. Right. Time and space did not exist before God created because God simply is. Mm-hmm. God is pure being. And so God uh, in, can inhabit all inside and outside mm-hmm. of the planes of time and space. Yeah. And so the theology of that is really neat too. Um, but there is not a place where God is not. And that that's key to know that even in our broken world. So like like you talk about Fort Myers or you talk about mm-hmm. those other places where the hurricane came, there's loss of life and devastation, or you go to places where famine is has, you know, wreaked havoc or whatever. And the question, where is God? Well, God is here, even in this, even amidst the brokenness of humanity that gets uh, manifested through either natural ways or even you know, uh, through, through us and through our actions. And so, uh, yes, God's never not there. He does reveal himself. He does move even in the time of disasters, just because God's presence is there doesn't mean the disasters won't happen or, or the bad, because we do live in a broken right. cre- a marred creation at this point. Marred creation. Yeah. And and you'll remember, we'll see it when we talk about the fall later on in this document, but you can just see it in Genesis chapter three, um, that with the the act of our first parent, the sinful act uh, uh, of the fall, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't just that humans got messed up. Uh, right. All of creation is affected. That's the, right. The land, um, which means also the air currents, weather right. patterns, and right. the conflict of those kinds of things. Right. Um, yeah. So omnipresence, God is everywhere. Um, there is not a place where God is not. Mm-hmm. And there are places where we sense God specifically present. And mm-hmm. I want, you know, I wonder if there's something to that too. Maybe it's my experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I know I walk into the sanctuary of my church, which is 180, 181 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the sanctuary has been there not quite as long. 
Um, but I know that powerful things have happened in that place, mm-hmm. you know, and it was designed with such an intentionality mm-hmm. um, that it does feel very special. So I wonder about that, but God is everywhere. Hey, everyone, we will return to the show in just a moment. We just wanted to take this time and tell you about some of our favorite people. As you know, the Podakesis podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth podcast network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for the mission. For more information and resources, visit www.spiritandtruth.life. Did want to mention that the Spirit and Truth Conference is on the calendar, so make sure it's on your calendar, March 9 through 11 in Dayton, Ohio. That's March 9th through the 11th in Dayton, Ohio. And so we hope to see you there. I know we're going to be there, and it's going to be awesome. And now let's continue our conversation about the nature of God. Um, one of the things that and it's not Odin that left this out because he's quoting from classic exegetes, but one of the things that is left out of this, God is like you mystically present. But he talks about God being incarn- uh, being uh, present in person through the incarnation or bodily present through the incarnation. But God's presence is also with us through the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit even now. So that's the, right. the, 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 the person of the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity um, is an important piece to this that God is with us, empowering His church to to be His bride, to be the people we were created to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God does nothing but by the Holy Spirit. I think that that's a theologically sound statement. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you think about that. So God is present in body, and you're like, well, where's Jesus? Well, Jesus is still in body. Yeah. Uh, Jesus never became disembodied because right. he was resurrected and ascended into heaven. Right. In fact, Jesus incarnate in person in human flesh sits at the right hand of the Father interceding on behalf of humanity. Yeah. Um, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, if and you can correct me if I'm misunderstanding this, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become uh, a part of that physicality of the Son of God by being the body of Christ. I think that's right. Church. I think that's right. You know, uh, he 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 alludes to himself as the temple, and then mm-hmm. we are known as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. I do. I think that's right. Yeah. We are the body of which Christ is the head. So, so we are part of that enfleshment, embodiment, incarnation now by the power of the Holy Spirit um, in Jesus. So, so you can almost say, at the best of the church, with God's grace and mercy, where we are present. God is especially present, or Christ is God is present in that way, in that bodily way, mm-hmm. um, by through the through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's I think good. that I think that all holds up theologically. I think it holds up, and I think it preaches. So, okay. like, yeah, like, yeah, one hundred percent. Because, okay. for example, let's go back to Florida, right, with the hurricanes, right. So, where is God? Well, God is there, definitely mm-hmm. there, but also God incarnates. He shows Himself through the the church, right? Like he, through the movement of the church, through the movement of redemption and healing that the church is being obedient to do. So I, I think back to, um, and I, I was really thinking a lot about this, about this when the pandemic started. Um, there's a sociologist named Rodney Stark who wrote about this, where um, he was He's talking- also Iron Man, by the way. <laughs> That's Tony. That's Tony Stark. This is oh. this is Iron Man's brother. Okay. Um, uh, he was talking oh, about uh, the history of the church. 
that when epidemics and pandemics happened in the in in the ancient world uh with the ancient church that the church uh were known as people so as people when and when a city had a, an epidemic hit um people would just run out of the city literally run away from the city because they thought that there was evil in the city they mm-hmm. thought something was um just anyway so they would run away from it the church was known as people who would run into the city uh, to take care of the sick who were left behind, to care for those who were dying, that but the kind of putting their lives on the line in order to incarnate, to be mm. the presence of Christ. I just always think about that, even in disasters, that it's the church who is the body of Christ in the midst of that. Yeah. So we're talking about these, uh, the omnis, omnipresence, omni, omnipotence. Wasn't that a hotel in uh, yeah, the omni and the omni. <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded uh, of Psalm 139. So we're talking about God's everywhere presence. Psalm 139. Uh, it talks really about all three, uh, but in verse seven it says, "Where can I go to flee from? Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there." If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Yeah, yeah. If I take the wings of the morning and settle the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you, for the night the night is as bright to you as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Mm. Um, God is present, and that has implications for our spirit and for our life. 100%. All right, let's do another Omni. Number twenty, paragraph number twenty-one. Omnipotence. Omnipotence. Um, Just as God is present throughout His creation, so He is all powerful over it. God's power is boundless in scope. He is able to do whatever He wills. God's power is manifest both through His creation of all things (Genesis one) and through His providence over all that He has made such that all creation is dependent upon God's power, not only at its beginning, but also continually and forever. Um, and I just want to read real quick, because um, we um, one of the questions we were thinking about, talking about was this idea of God, um, not only God having power to create, but then um, having power, um, that creation is dependent on God's power now and forever. And so I thought about Colossians 1. Um, and so this is what it says. Um, uh, Paul's talking about Christ, but of course, Christ is the person of the Trinity. Um, so Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Uh, and that's the last line was really what I what really mm-hmm. brought me to that. Um, and, but but um, he not only created, but he creates and he holds it all together. God is holding it all together. And, you know, I think, um, that comforts me. It's like, um, God is not a God that just like sets it and forget it. You know, the commercial that it was like, uh, set it and um, forget it. Set it and forget it. It's like, whatever, it's like a rotisserie or whatever. It's yeah. like, you just, <laughs> you just put it in, you set it and forget it. I think sometimes we think like, Hey, God's just kind of set it and forget it. You know, he's yeah. just, 
Um, but no, God is actually actively holding all of this together. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's the deism argument um, that was kind of around in the, especially in the 1700s, in the the area of the founders, is the sense of deism, like God is the um, sets the clock in motion and mm-hmm. is not distant. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, um, so no, one I of the things that, that is holding holding it all together. Yeah, better than duct tape. Yes. <laughs> Hey Alan. hey, Alan. What? Uh, in your life, is there anything that you can't hold together? Yeah. Yes. Is there something I can't hold together? Yeah. Yes. What about right. duct tape? Duct tape holds all things together. Well, it yes, holds it, a lot of things together. A lot of things. But, but not all things. fails, Christ will hold it all together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, like, one, of the, one of the questions that always gets brought up, either jokingly or trying to push the limits of this idea of God's omniscience, uh, omni- um, it's omniscience. Yeah, that's right. Omnipotence. Omnipotence. And I was like, why am we I confused? That is, yeah, it confused so. me. Omnipotence, his all powerfulness, is can God do something that is uh, impossible? Like, can uh, God create a rock that God cannot lift? Yeah. Can God create a, a, a square that's a triangle or something like that? You know, and so there are. Um, there are some restrictions then I guess you could put to to this. And um, I'm going to turn again to to Odin here um, who speaks about this in in a, in a uh, I think in a very um, astute way. He says, um, there is only one way of speaking properly of any restriction upon God's power that does not detract from God's almighty power. And that is God cannot deny himself cannot deny himself. So what that means is God would not do which is it, do that which is inconsistent with God's intelligence or repugnant to God's good, God's goodness or not in accord with other qualities of God's character. God cannot lie for this would be inconsistent with God's goodness. God cannot deceive himself for this would be counter to God's integrity, congruity, omniscience and consist uh, and constancy. Constancy um, and God cannot cease being or even desire to cease being because that would be inconsistent with God's very being as eternal and blessed, eternally happy in the divine enjoyment of actually being. So there are, yes, there are, I don't know if you want to call them limitations because they're not necessarily limitations, but God's not going to do what is against God's nature. Right. So that question of can God make a rock so big that he can't even move it, it's a, almost a question of absurdity. Well, yeah, it's an absurd question. It's just logically inconsistent, and therefore the question fails on its own merits, right. not, Boom. not on the answer. That's correct. That is that's correct. The cl- I mean, that's a classical theological and philosophical conundrum. Like, you go to college, you go to your first philosophy class, and you're going to hear, can God create a rock that he cannot move, or your first theology class? The answer is actually no, and the reason why is because of the things that— So what you're saying is— Brett Odin that, just said. Brett Odin. What you're, Odin Brett. what you're saying is there are dumb questions. <laughs> absurd absurd questions. Absurd no, questions. No, 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 no. Like, the question is great so that we can then take it apart and tell you how wrong it is. You wouldn't have known how wrong it was if you didn't ask it. That's true. Okay, That's I was true. Just checking. I was checking. That's I was true. wondering. I was just checking. Right. Like there it, are I no mean, dumb questions, but I can make you feel dumb for asking it. <laughs> no, that's it's true. It's not a spiritual that, gift. I repent, true. and I don't want to do Listen, that. Listen, you can make me feel dumb for many different things. It's not even just this, so don't even Listen, worry about it. Listen, I'm, yeah, I'm good at that. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but it's I do okay. love you, the fact— Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, have you just thought about the fact, like, hey, this world is spinning? 
And you know all the various things, like at certain degrees and distances from the sun, and there's a certain amount of oxygen in the air, and you're alive, and you're awake, and you have yeah. cells that self-replicate, and you eat, and you move, and all this stuff. Like, do you realize that none of that happens without the without God providing oh, no. those things, yeah. without the activity of the, the Spirit power. of God at work in mm -hmm. this world to make that happen? Mm -hmm. That if God, for some reason, decided to withdraw period, you would stop breathing and everything would cease to simply be because it cannot be without God. Uh, Paul turns the Greek philosophers back in their own heads in Acts uh, 17, 28. He says, for it's in him we live and move and have our being. Our being. Yeah, Not in him we live and move and got our being from him back in the day. We do not have being without being without God. Was it um was it Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson um who's like an astrophysicist or something? Yeah, he's um, like he's a yeah he's uh, a super cool space guy. That's yeah yeah yeah. Um, I don't think you want to ask him theology questions, but um, he's also a fountain like, pen enthusiast, by the way. But can oh, we, is he? Okay, oh but like gosh. I think he said like I mean the Earth is spinning so fast. The Earth is spinning so fast that if it was just to stop, we would all just fly off into space. Like we would just. <laughs> I mean, we would just. Yeah. Uh, but like holding all that together, I mean, right. I, I mean, uh, it, it, that's the grand scheme of things. And then you just think about your own life and what you're going through and your struggles and, right. and, and your joys and all that. But God's holding all that together too. Right. Um, it's just, just like, it's mind blowing. Yeah. To think and, that. and listen, we are, we're in a fallen world. The image of God is marred within man, uh, within oh, all yeah. of us. Uh, have you ever thought about why you haven't just done the most evil possible thing? Right. It's mm -hmm. it's what Wesley called preventing grace, where we get the term preventing grace, because even God is holding that together right. to restrain as much evil as as possible mm -hmm. um, without interfering with your will. Yeah, the reformers uh, actually uh, called it common grace. Um, um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if common grace and prevenient grace go hand in hand completely. They're but, so very close. Do you remember but, that Wesley said that uh, he's just a hair's breadth away from Calvinism? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But common grace—that idea that the reason we haven't gone into just basically total like living Mad out our Max. total depravity. Yeah, Mad Max is because God is kind of holding all that together. Um, and That's uh, the reason we ain't on Thunder Road. <laughs> and that uh, Tina Turner's not singing uh, we, uh, um, uh, a song over us, whatever. I love that song that she sang in that... In, um, Anyway, love that quit. song it, she sang in that movie. <laughs> like, in that movie from the eighties. Uh, it took sixty-five episodes, but I can finally fill in that square on my bingo card where Brett invokes Tina Turner. <laughs> I've had it on here since the beginning. It's, it's been oh my god, he was getting ready to move into free space, but now. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so I just want to bring in theological concept here, and we need to grab onto um, the last omni for the episode. Yeah. Um, God is boundless in scope. There is nothing within creation that God does not have power over because it's out of the power of God that these things were created. Mm -hmm. And um, I, the TFOD, Faith Once Delivered, notes in paragraph 21 that God's power is manifest. That means that God is God shares and offers his power, uh, and part of that is through providence. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, that is an, an important idea that captures the theological term that captures what we've been talking about. All creation is dependent on God's power, which he freely gives to us 
uh, out of his goodness. Providence is the good, is the act of God's power holding things together out of the goodness of God, which God freely shares with his creation. Right, right. Amen. That's my dissertation for the day. There you go. All right, let's do the third omni. All right, uh, omniscience. This is paragraph 22. Uh, Paragraph 22. As God is present throughout his creation, he knows all that happens within it. Since God is eternal and thus not limited by time, he sees at once uh, whatever was, is, or will be to the end of time. That's a quote from Wesley. Mm -hmm. Um, God has um, intimate and personal knowledge of his creation and its creatures. Therefore, Christians gratefully affirm that God is, quote, all wise. Amen. Amen. Um, So uh, going back to, uh, well, so there's always been this great debate, particularly among Calvinist uh, Reformed folks and Wesleyan Arminians, uh, kind of free will folks, whether foreknowledge uh, equals um, uh, God's predestination that God, just because God knows it doesn't mean it happens. Um, and so Odin actually speaks to this and going back into some classical exegetes on this, he says that a fine point must be sharpened in this connection. God not only grasps and understands what actually will happen, but also what could happen under varied possible contingencies. If God's knowing is infinite, God knows even the potential effects or of hypothetical but unactualized possibilities, just as well as God knows what has or will become actualized or what will become will, will happen. Um, and so, um, so not only does God know, like say, all your decisions, but God knows every possible decision you could possibly ever make, even if you never make those decisions and when you just take that out to it's kind of like at a, some point you realize the limit how limited we are in our just mental capacity to be able to think about this there's like a stopping point <laughs> where you're like i just can't go beyond that because now you're getting into the infinite um uh, into the infinite pieces on this mm-hmm. yeah god knows all potential realities so uh if you for those of you who want to have a theological um search party. Um, <laughs> there's something that's related. I like what Thomas Thomas Odin said, you have to sharpen the fine point on these things. Yeah. Because uh, they do get down. So uh, you can look up middle knowledge, which is um, middle, it's Molin, Molinism, yeah. uh, really, by, by Louis de Molina, um, if I'm recalling correctly, who talks about middle knowledge as a way of bringing together um, this idea of omniscience and free will. There are also other ways to do that. Um, I believe in that chapter, Brett uh, Odin actually uses the term middle knowledge. He does. He does. Um, look at me. I remember something. I know. Um, yeah, so there, there's there's a lot of ways that we could really kind of parse that out in shades of meaning, but the general idea is such that it is absolutely consistent that we can retain our ability by God's grace to respond to God's grace. Right. And for God to still know all things and yes. to be all wise. Yes. Um, now, to push a little bit against, since the sermon that the document quotes is John Wesley's On Predestination, I would love for our listeners to read through that. It's a great, great read. Um, 
people in our in Wesleyan tradition, people don't respond to God out of their own will per se. We have very no hand really in our salvation because the only way in which we can even respond to God is because God has given us the grace right. to hear and have the ability <clears throat> right. to make that right. first to make that first responsive step. Right. But, William but, the, but yeah. The, yeah, the difference between us, uh, Arminians, uh, Wesleyans, and Calvinists is that we believe that God has given that grace to all people and not an elect few people. Right. Uh, uh, William Abraham is actually very helpful in this when he corrects the idea that Wesleyan Arminians espouse free will. We don't actually. We actually espouse freed will. I a like freed that. will. Um, because without without God's breaking through and revealing himself, we would not even consider that there is a God. We would all be in many ways just atheists by, na- by, by nature because we, would, we don't have the ability to look beyond the veil. That, that's how big the chasm is. But the only reason we can even think about God, our creator, is because God has revealed himself. He's freed yeah. our wills. Yeah, if if our wills weren't freed, all we would think is like, man, where's that Tina Turner song coming from? <laughs> well, it'd be Mad Max Thunder Road. That's just... okay. So one of the you know, it's it's interesting. My brain always does this. I hear about like this classic, beautiful uh, theological concept, and the first thing I do is talk about the problems that people have and try to smooth them out. But y'all, like, is there something? What's beautiful about omniscience? About God, mm-hmm. the fact that God uh, knows all that happens within it. Is can see whatever was, is, and will be till the end of time. Mm. What's beautiful about it? Yeah. What's beautiful about it? Um, I, 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 for me, it's the intimacy, um, the intimate knowledge that he knows me so intimately. Like he knows, like I, it just his knowledge of me. Um, is where I find my beauty in it, that he knows me better than I know myself. Yes, he does. Um, Psalm 139 so, again. Yeah, and so that for me, there's a comfort in that, that there's nowhere I can hide, there's nowhere I can go, that he's there, he knows me, he knows my heart, he knows my hurts, he knows my pains, he knows He knows my struggles, he knows my bad choices, my good choices, he knows all of that already. He, he knows that, and by knowing that already, he still loves me. <laughs> <laughs> like he 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 hasn't looked at all that and said, "Oh, that's just too much for me." <laughs> well, you're also not going to surprise him, right? With right, right. I think um, I think it's the idea that you know everything is going to be all right. Um, that if God if God is everywhere and God is all powerful, and then He knows everything, um, it's going to be okay. Um, because, um, because when I see things, I don't, I, I, I'm not everywhere and I, I don't have all power and I, um, I clearly don't know everything. Um, but if God is those things, then, um, in a world that seems like things aren't all right sometimes, or in my own world, it's the knowledge that it's going to be okay. Because God's got it. God's got it. Um, so it it becomes more than just a trite statement when you you say it that way. You know, yeah. not just that God's got it; that He does have it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Holds it, holds it all together. Yeah, better than duct tape. Better, better than gorilla tape. Someone needs to make a Potakesis T-shirt for us that says uh, on the front it could say the Potakesis podcast, and on the back it say God better than duct tape. Yeah, and I would we also, wear I would wear that shirt. We also right. need one where we can Photoshop uh, you like hugging Tom Odin with <laughs> big cartoon eyes. Uh, we need some or of like a, a a picture of Tina Turner doing like her little shake thing, and, and it's just <laughs> and it's just Brett's face uh, on her face, like you know, like it's just Brett. So Brett's doing like her, you know. I just think that'd be awesome. Hey, listen, we're naming and we're claiming, so um, it's gonna happen. It's a good there. thing we're not all powerful. <laughs> oh my gosh, this really well. Wow. This okay, went, I don't even know what to do. Brett. <laughs> It's going great for me, sideways yeah. for Brett. Yes, it very much is. Very much is. But and, and I only have myself to blame. You know, I didn't know. I didn't have the foreknowledge that this is where this was going to go. That's right. That's right. True. So, all right. Hey, well, man, this has been good. It's been fun. Y'all go ahead and look at Psalm 139. It really yeah. is a great a yes. great place to see all of these um, attributes of God at play. So praise God for that. Look at Amen. it. Take a look. Uh, spend some time reading, praying, and delight in the fact that God has searched you and knows you. It might be terrifying. There's some parts of that when God searches my heart and sees there's any wicked way within me, um, Mm. that terrifies me. But he Mm. will, according to the end of the psalm, if you allow and respond, he will lead you in the way everlasting. Man, that is a beautiful promise. Yep. That he searches us. The gospel works. All right, friends. Thank y'all for joining us on this episode of the Podakesis Podcast. We look forward to uh, being with y'all once again very soon. Y'all have a good one, and God bless. As we end this episode, we will have all the links mentioned in the episode, particularly those links pertaining to the John Wesley Institute and the document, The Faith Once Delivered, available uh, in our show notes. That uh, document, The Faith Once Delivered, is available for free download. So just click on that link and go download it, and you will have that resource. It's fantastic. Uh, be sure to hit us up on social media. At Podakesis is where you can find us. You can find us on our website, podakesis.podbean.com, and you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. So share us with your friends and tell them just to find us wherever. You can leave us a voicemail, uh, 404-635-6679, or leave us an email, questions at podakesis.com. And as always, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes, which helps us out there. We greatly appreciate it, and we greatly appreciate you. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one, and God bless.